It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Today on Behind the Headlines, we're launching a new podcast. This one is called The Dungeon of Doom. Ben Raven and Kyle Meinke cover the Lions in this brand new podcast. We're going to get into all of it right now. Our guest today, the Lions beat writers and host of The Dungeon of Doom. Kyle Meinke and Ben Raven. And as always, Vice President of Content, pumping his arms in the air because he's so excited to talk about today's subject, Mr. John Heyer. John, how are you? I am awesome. Uh, still got the the post Thanksgiving uh, blues a little bit, trying to <laughs> crank it back up for the final push through the end of the year here. Um, hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Eric. You as well, my friend. It was excellent. Yeah, it was. It wasn't too bad. This there's stuff in the water, as we know out there. Things are uh, you know things are a little rough for some people right now. But um, we're going to talk about a topic today everybody loves. And uh, before I, I get into it, though, I want to say you know I love all my guests on on uh, behind the headlines. And we really have some some smart, uh, talented people, the uh, people who really know their topics. But I got to say, back in August, we had uh, two uh, uh, basically uh, clairvoyants on the show, uh, Kyle Meinke and Ben Raven, who cover the Lions. And, and among the things they said is, is A, is going to be ugly to watch this year. Um, they may lose every game. And the one that I went back and checked, and I think it was Ben who said it, says expect a lot of 16 to 14 games. <laughs> and on Thanksgiving, with the world watching, <laughs> all of those things came true. Good morning, uh, Kyle. Good morning, Ben. Morning, guys. Morning. It's great to have you back. And uh, I, so go ahead and you know claim your prize. Uh, oh, come on, you can crow a little bit. <laughs> how hard? How hard of a call was it back in August? Yeah, it's, it wasn't that hard, just based on what we were seeing in camp. You know, I think at that point we had already seen a couple weeks of practice and watching Jared Goff try to throw the football more than 15 yards. I'm like, man, this this team is. I mean, they're outmanned all over the field, but when you have that big of a downgrade at the game's most important position and you have nobody for him to throw it to this could get real ugly. And, and uh, that's exactly where we're at. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't hard of that hard of a call. And it's hard to read into like training camp practices and stuff like that, but something was off this year and something was like much, much worse than it hadn't been in years past. So it's just like this offense is kind of somehow not even meeting our very, very, very low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this historically bad year, this may seem paradoxical to our, to our listeners, but we have some, I think, exciting news because, you know, fandom isn't just where you're at in the moment. Fandom is a lifetime. You sign up for a lifetime, right? And so I think it's, it's long overdue. But MLive is uh, on the verge of launching a new podcast. And the topic is the Lions. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys introduce it. Uh, I think it, it drops this week. And, uh, you know, Kyle, uh, Ben, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about the podcast and then, and then we'll get into it. Well, it's actually, John, the uh, world's first football podcast that was launched 
when the team was 0 10 and one, believe it or not. So <laughs> you know, that going for us, it's, it's quite the stage, you know, um, for us to get this thing going. But no, as, as you guys know, and as people out there in Michigan know, people love the Lions, even when the Lions are terrible. They love to watch the Lions. They love to hate the Lions, um, you know, and uh, so, you know, that's um, that's kind of where we're at with this this podcast. It's launching with the Lions terrible again. Um, but people still care, and we're yeah. trying to capture, um, you know, this team that 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 people in this this uh, this state love and love to hate. Yeah, Ben, tell us the name and tell us the the name behind the name. Yeah, the Dungeon of Doom. That's uh, hats off to Kyle on that one. That was from the Jim Caldwell administration, and that's kind of what he called the beat writer room in Detroit, the Dungeon of Doom. So just an awesome name, and that's the early feedback we're getting is like, oh, that's such a metal name. Heck yeah! So it's just uh. I, I love the name, you know, I, and yeah, I'm a wrestling fan and no, it's not about the 1980s WCW tag team. It's about the, the beat writer room in Detroit. Did you say it's a metal name? Like, yeah, that, yeah. like Iron Maiden or something? The Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, I think what I'm going to say overdue because, you know, I came, um, we merged MLive with the newspapers. Uh, we're back in called Booth Newspapers back in 2012 and i i've had a small but mighty staff of writers a lot of them were sports writers uh and uh at the time we we only had one lions writer um and bill emco was, was working and overseeing sports and he said hey john i think despite the fact they they're, they're bad um that we have so much fan interest that if we add another reporter i think we'll, we'll double the audience you know and so we did and he was right and over that you know ensuing 10 or 12 years i guess say it hasn't been proven wrong because they've had so many ups and downs but the fan base seems to always be there and so uh, we have been adding podcasts on other topics at m live and seeing our, our downloads and audience respond I think it was overdue. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but uh, from what's out there in sports media, what do you think about the timing and what do you think about the fan interest? Well, you can never give people too much NFL content. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, it really is amazing to me how, how big the NFL is in this country and how much people love it. And even looking at a team like the Lions, I mean, they're the longest losers in the league. They've done, you know, things that no team has ever done. You know, one playoff win since uh, 93, you know, uh, you know, no playoff uh, just one playoff win since 1957. I mean, it, it's, it's really remarkable, the, the level, the depths of their ineptitude, and yet people still care. And it, I've been on this beat, John, since 2013, and I've seen some terrible, terrible, terrible football, um, and people still care. You know, they, they still are so engaged with what this team is doing, and it's really a remarkable thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to capture that, that dichotomy, you know, it's like usually in professional sports when the team is terrible, the fan interest dissipates. And that's just not something that we see with the Lions. And, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just another way to kind of cover such a bad team and to give somebody else like another look at it. The two of us talking about it. I mean, there's going to be some naturally funny moments from the stuff we've seen. And I mean, there's just something supernatural to tap into with that fan base because you have to really, really, really care about something to stick with them for this long. So it's just like, 
I mean, that, that's what's exciting about the podcast is that the fans of this team, I mean, they're the same fans that are emailing you in week 16 of last year about a four-win team about the bad offensive line pay, play. I mean, they're always there. They're always there. And so that's the most exciting part about this is just to find something new, give them something new to care about, because while they might not care about Sundays as much at this point, they still care about that week-to-week and day-to-day in the long-term and short-term future stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Thanksgiving Day, I'm with my family, uh, a you know, larger gathering. And of course, it's on TV. And of course, everybody's shouting at the TV. I mean, you would think that you know, their game out of a playoff race, people still are, you know, we can't help it. It's our birthright. It's our team. Um, you know, uh, one of my wives once said, who was from Denver said, why don't you just switch and be a Denver fan? We win all the time. And I said, you can't. It's not how it works, you know. Um, but you know, and then someone I work with, uh, this week said, uh, her husband and son were at the Lions game Thursday and they had a ball. They said that energy was good. And why don't you talk about that? What's, what's it like still in the building? I mean, I, I mean, Sheila Ford Hamp might not want to go down on the field at halftime, but what's it like in the building and what's the, you know, from tailgating to the people dressing up to the energy in the, in the building. Well, there's obviously frustration in the building, you know, um, and you're getting that now. Every time they make a mistake, every time they run the football on third and eight or something, you got booze coming from or the third Raptors. and twenty-two. Yeah, exactly. It's it's insane, and I and I understand because it's insane play calling, but that speaks to the dysfunction of the offense because they think that's a better play than actually trying to go for the first down. But that's neither here nor there. The, the, to answer your question, John, the, there's obviously a lot of you know frustration right now, and I think it's very well placed. It's been a long year. Um, but you uh, explore the other areas of Lions fandom. You go into tailgates, uh, as I did on, uh, you know, before the Thanksgiving game. And, uh, you know, people are still wearing their Honolulu blue. They're still out there grilling their brats and, and having their drinks. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I mean, they're just still, they're still very much engaged with what's going on. And that's kind of what I was trying to say before. I mean, it, you know, when the Jaguars are bad, Nobody goes to Jaguars games. Nobody cares. And that's just not what we see with the Lions. People get really fired up and they care passionately about what's happening with this team, even when what's happening with this team is uh, some really, really bad stuff. Yeah, and I think Thanksgiving was a good reminder of how loud Ford Field can get. I mean, the deep throw to Josh Reynolds, that building pop, that touchdown to TJ Hawkins in the third quarter to take the lead. I mean, I had people texting me like, how loud is it in there right now? And I'm just like, yeah, it's it's alive for the first time in a minute, for sure. So it's just <laughs> like, and as Kyle was saying, I mean, I, I took a different route into the stadium Thursday, too, just to see. And I, I didn't see a ton of tailgaters. And then I looked up and it was raining and snowing so hard that they had moved inside of the parking garages. And there's just lines of people in the parking garages still just kind of needing to get their tailgate on so it's like the fan fan interest is there I mean attendance might be down they might be booing the owner off the field but I mean that's an 0-9-1 team taking a one-point lead against another terrible team and it sounded like you know they were going to the playoffs when TJ Hawkinson caught that touchdown so it's just there's something there there's still there's a different kind of lifeblood to this franchise without question you know it's really too bad that they've been bad for so long because so at this point, I think if I'm remembering correctly, I think I've been to all the NFL stadiums except Kansas City and Las Vegas, which just opened this year or mm-hmm. last year, maybe. And Ford Field, in terms of volume, stacks up with anywhere that I've been when the Lions are good. Like when the Lions are good and they're playing like competitive football, when they, you know, when they went 11 and five back in 2014 and, you know, here and there since when they were competitive, that place is as loud as anywhere in the league. Uh, but the problem is, of course, they haven't been competitive very much over the last, I mean, uh, however long. I mean, they, they, they've been in last place every December day 
since 2017. So I think that speaks to just how far out of it they've been. And, and of course, that takes the crowd out of it. And hearing, as Ben said, like, you know, those moments, like on Thanksgiving, when obviously there's more anticipation for the, you know, for the national stage and they go out there and they have a, you know, 49 yard touchdown or whatever it was to kick things off and you hear the top come off the building. I, I did think to myself, like, it's just too bad. They suck so much because this is what this could be if, if the lines were ever good. Uh, Kyle, I got to stop for a second and get my brain back in my head because I think I heard you say the Lions have been in last place every day of every December since 2017. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's really good for the holiday spirit. Yep. I'll tell you, you know, the one thing I'm, I'm clinging to here, you tell me if I've, I've just finally gone over the edge. I mean, like, you know, Tom Hanks and Castaway, you know, they, I still have that glimmer of hope that I get off the Island, but, is is Cubs fans and Red Sox fans for a hundred years, you know? I mean, they kept showing up, right? And then at the end, before you die, it's like that old nun in the wheelchair for Loyola. They're gonna roll you out and you're gonna see them win the Super Bowl, right? That tell me that's gonna happen. Tell our fans <laughs> that, that that will happen if we hang in there. Uh I don't know how I, I don't know if I can do that, John. I think betting <laughs> on the lines at this point is a fool's errand but no having you know jokes aside I would say like as bad as the season's been like I think it's important to remember that this is the first year of a rebuild I mean they they inherited a, a nuclear winter of a roster and then they took it apart even further they traded the best player Matthew Stafford uh and they got first round picks out of it which has made it a good deal in my opinion but those first round picks don't start to get delivered until this coming draft so Point being, like, you know, this was always going to be a long year. At the start of the year, they were favored to lose every single game. So by that measure, I don't think it's a huge surprise necessarily that they're winless at this point. But it does, you know, it's obviously hard to watch. And I know that, that the angst is growing and frustration is growing. Um, but I, I guess I just say that as a reminder that this was always supposed to be a long year. This was kind of part of the plan, if you will. And I do think Dan Campbell has made some mistakes along the way. He's shown to be a rookie coach. Uh, especially calling the double timeouts uh, on Thanksgiving. That was inexcusable. I think as a rookie coach is making a massive mistake. Um, but I will say like uh, Brad Holmes, you know, like brought like the players they brought in this year, the, the, the draft class and some of the free agents that played well, those have been some of the better players this year. And Campbell is really well respected in the locker room, which is something that Matt Patricia, the last guy never was. Um, and I, I, you know, the, the fact that he's been able to command the locker room and, and continue to lead this team and keep it together without it becoming a toxic nightmare, which is what happens in the NFL most of the time when teams are this bad, I think says a lot about him and his leadership abilities. I, I don't know what that means down the road. To, you know, if these are the guys who are going to, you know, lead the Lions to a championship or not. Um, but I do think these guys have a better chance than the last guys ever did. And I do think because of that, you know, in some ways they're moving in the right direction, even if this year has been, you know, a nightmare to watch. Yeah, I think that's where the optimism lays and in, in the fact that, I mean, these, it might not be the perfect situation, but I feel like these guys give them the best shot at moving forward. You know, I think Brad Holmes, like Kyle said, is he did the things he needed to do in year one and kind of the same people that are turning on Campbell now and calling for firing and stuff like that. They're the same people that weren't listening to us 12 weeks ago. This is going to be a nightmare this year. This is going to be ugly. They might not win a game. So it's like, this is going to be a patient, patient deal here. I mean, it's, this isn't 
this wasn't built for this year. It's not really even built for next year because there's still so many questions at quarterback after this. I mean, they, I mean, when you tear trade for two future round, future first round draft picks for your franchise's best player, I mean, that's you saying this is going to take a minute. This is going to take a minute, and I think that's where the optimism weighs. It's, it might not be with Dan Campbell as a play caller, as we've kind of alluded to a couple times here, but I do think he has that locker room, and I don't see that turning on him anytime soon. And just this is the most important offseason for Brad Holmes to get this thing started. He's really going to be able to show his chops there. So it's a long road, but uh, there is reason for optimism down that long road. Hey, <clears throat> Eric, uh, do you do me a favor and take out your Lions bingo card here? Sure. I've okay. got it. Okay. Do you have um, Jared Goff throws the ball out of bounds on fourth down on your card? Um, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, do, you, do you have <laughs> – Jared Goff throws the ball out of bounds on fourth down a second time in another game. Yes, yes, I have that as well. Wow. Yes. Okay, let's check this one. Uh, t- a tie tie game in the NFL. Uh, I did not have that one on this card, but I think my wife had it on her bingo card, but I didn't have it on mine. Yeah, okay. And then um, uh, two timeouts in a row. Got that one. Yes, had that one for yeah. sure. Okay, the free square, though, was guy lines up for an NFL record a field goal with no time remaining and bounces it off the crossbar 66 yards. That was a free square because every time someone lines up from Tom Dempsey on to beat the Lions with an NFL record field goal, it happens, right? Yes, every time, all the times. <laughs> See, guys, this is how you make a Lions season entertaining right here. Next year, I want you guys to put some bingo cards together <laughs> and all of our <laughs> Lions fans can get one and really follow along for the season. And it's not just that he hit the longest field goal in NFL history. It was the fourth and 19 they gave up. Yes. They go down the field. Uh, the, the official stare, I, 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 timed, I timed it on my computer. It was like they stared at a dead play clock. I think it was for 1.77 seconds. Now right. If I remember right. Didn't throw the flag, which set up, obviously, this game-winning NFL record kick that, of course, went off the crossbar and through the uprights. Just yes. takes us one in a million bounds. I mean, you really couldn't. I mean, you like you really couldn't like you couldn't write a more Lions ending than that, you know. Well, I mean, we got the Calvin Johnson rule. You got the Seattle game where they hit the ball out of bounds in the end zone. I mean, you got all this stuff. But being a Lions fan, at least it's entertaining. I mean, they just they're not dull when they lose. So, uh, you're listening to Behind the Headlines and M Live podcast. Uh, uh, today, our guests are Ben Raven and Kyle Meinke, Lions beat writers for M Live. And we're here to talk about a new podcast that's launching this week for M Live about the, the Lions, not just the Lions, but Lions fandom and everything Lions and why we hang in there. Guys, why don't you please uh, start walking us through the podcast, uh, what you have planned for it, what the format's going to be, and what, what people can expect when they, when they tune in. Yeah, it's called Dungeon of Doom, as, as Ben said before. It's a reference to, to Jim Caldwell, uh, who once called the Lions media core the Dungeon of Doom because he perceived us to be negative. Um, I'm not sure how else you can perceive reporters who are reporting on a negative team, a team that loses all the time, but that's a, that's a different, uh, different topic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be about weekly, uh, especially during the season and draft season and you know, these various high points. Uh, of the calendar year. Um, we'll have regular guests on. Uh, we've got Dan Miller lined up for this week, the, the longtime play-by-play man uh, of the of the Lions. Um, you know, he has a really unique insight, obviously, into the Lions. That guy's seen a lot. This He's seen, seen – sometimes I feel like I've seen a lot, and then I think about a guy like Dan Miller who has to call every single game and has done I, – I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's his 19th year. So, yeah, he has a very unique perspective on, 
I'm losing in professional sports. <laughs> um, so he'll be our first guest. We'll have other guests, uh, very regular guests. Uh, we're shooting for every episode, um, you know, uh, and people around the beat, you know, Lions players, former players. I, my, I told Ben, my, uh, the unicorn guest that I really want to get at some point definitely is Jim Caldwell. we got to have Jim on at some point. Oh, my God. On the, on the Dungeon of Doom podcast. He's been a little tough to reach, um, you know, since his period. <laughs> Uh, we him and I had a good relationship back in the day, so I'm hopeful at some point that we can make that happen. Yeah, and I think uh, today's talk with Dan Miller is going to kind of set the tone pretty perfectly for us moving forward. Because as Kyle said, I mean, you talk about us and the we're writing stories. I mean, Dan Miller has got a live IV hooked up to what's <laughs> happening in front of him, so it's just like that's the perfect guy to bring on and kind of. I mean, nobody has seen the highs, nobody's seen the lows more than him, and nobody's been tuned into it live with millions listening at home. Just, uh, I mean, that's just going to perfectly capture the pain and the rare highs of this beat that he's seen over two decades, two decades. Oh, that poor man. Well, he's a, he's in a unique position too. And I, I listen with interest to Lions games, you know, because especially on the radio, cause you know, these guys are paid by the team, right? Right. So they're, they're walking this high wire, right. And, yep. and, and they're really, they got to keep the, the fan engaged during the game. They got to have like a, just a tone and like in the back in the back of their voice of a little bit of optimism, like, Hey, it's a minute 16 left and Stafford's coming out the lead from their three yard line. You kind of like, you know, you want to ride along on this hope, but there's always that point in the Lions game. It seems where the announcer kind of cracks you see his soul kind of seep out through the microphone because he's like, Oh, the third penalty in a row. <laughs> they started at the 30 yard line of the bears and now they're at their own 30 and they, have, they haven't run a play and you can hear it in their voice, you know? So these guys are, are pretty remarkable. The guys who do the play by play, uh, they're in a tough spot, but. Um, they and I think for that reason, John, to your point, I, I think Dan is just one of the best, best to ever do it. I mean, really like I, I, I have immense respect for him and the way he walks that line that you're talking about between talk, like, you know, broadcasting what's what's happening, which with the Lions is nearly always bad, but re but remaining like uh, professional and, and keeping in mind who's paying his, uh, you know, who's signing his checks. And I, I've always been, uh, I've always had a lot of respect for him because it would be easy to be a homer for this team. That's always the easy route when you're a play-by-play -play man. And yet I think he's he, like, he's definitely more critical of the team and more directly critical of the team than I would expect from someone in his position. And I've even seen him MC events with, you know, GMs and, and coaches over the years and stuff. And he asked, he has some pretty pointed questions for a guy who's paid by the team. Uh, and it would be easy to, again, to be, to be the Homer guy. And I just think he does a great job of, you know, of keeping it real, even though, you know, uh, despite who's, who's signing his checks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The level of respect for Dan. I mean, nobody calls the loss better than Dan Miller. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that, that call the Ravens game. I listened to that like 35 times. Cause I'm just like, how did he like, he's just, it's so professional and so perfectly done. It's just like, I mean, and as Kyle said, I mean, I, I covered the banquet this year with the players and Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell on stage. And it's, it's Dan Miller MC in that. And he asked a question. I remember like nudging, I think it was Chris Burke of the athletic next to me, like, God, that's like a pretty hardcore question for this kind of environment right now. And it's just like, yeah, everything Kyle said and more, I mean, nobody calls a brutal loss for the team that they're paid for better than Dan Miller and more straight than Dan Miller. I can't wait to hear it. I'll tell you, here's my call of the Baltimore, the ending of the Baltimore game. And of course he made it. It's the Lions. <laughs> um, what, what are you guys, 
are tied really tied into this the the sports media verse um you know what are the what are the features or hallmarks of a good podcast and what are you hoping to accomplish with it i mean i, I so I, like i in terms of my writing john i like one of my favorite things that i do in the week is my mailbag and i've always really enjoyed that it's an easy way to you know dialogue with the fans and stuff you get a a real pulse of where things are at when you open that thing up and what's on people's minds. And, uh, you know, uh, I kind of want to see the podcast as an extension of that. Um, you know, the, the reporting is what it is. It's reflecting what coaches and, and players are saying and, and how they are and how they're doing and who's hurt and whatnot. And that stuff's important. I really enjoy writing game columns. Uh, I've gotten, I think, better at it over the years. They're a tough thing to do. And uh, I've gotten a little better at it. And those are, that's also fun. Um, but the, the, um, the mailbags are just more about, you know, commentary and talking about what's going on. And, uh, I kind of see the podcast being that, you know, just kind of freewheeling off on these little subplots of what's going on with the team and, um, talking to people around the beat, you know, it'll be a, a kind of like a, a look behind the scenes on the beat. I, I hope, you know, um, uh, you know, when it comes into draft season, it's going to be a great way to talk more about prospects talk with uh, various uh, experts uh, people within the lions universe people in the draft universe and so on i think it's just a, an, another way to dialogue directly with fans about what's going on that's beyond the headlines beyond what's happening with the team the day-to-day mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and the, the mailbag aspect of the podcast is something i'm really excited for you know that's a that's an opportunity for me to flex my voice a little bit and with kyle and to kind of show the chemistry we've got between us show what flesh flex our knowledge of this team that we spend every day with you know it's just uh i think it's going to be really worthwhile for us and anybody who listens because i mean we're there every day we're tuned in and just kind of yeah, I, I mean, exactly what Kyle said, all of that stuff and more. The mailbag aspect of this and the guest, it's going to be, I mean, it's just, we're going to give you everything you want to hear. You know, there's an old adage about planting a tree that you'll never get to sit in the shade of, you know, because <laughs> that could be this podcast to a degree. <laughs> You're planting the seeds and in, in two generations from now when, you know, the next gen generation of M Live sports charts, you guys, are, you know, are dead and gone. Um, and the Lions finally win a Super Bowl. This podcast will be the number one podcast, and 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 they'll do an episode on you guys. Um, okay, before we sign off on this this episode and get you going and talking to Dan Miller, give us each give us one uh, one reason of a genuine uh, reason for fans to feel a little optimistic. Or I mean, obviously, if you once you're at rock bottom, you can't go any lower. But um, each one of you guys talk a little bit about you know we know it's going to might take years, but reasons for optimism from what you've seen this season. I would say the number one for me is Brad Holmes, the, the new general manager. He comes from the Los Angeles Rams. He ran their draft uh, efforts for, I think, eight, nine years. And the Rams have had some of the best drafts, max, really maximized their picks for, for years. That's how they kind of created the foundation of what they have now. And they've done it kind of in an un, you know, unconventional way. Um, and um, obviously his eye for talent, having led those efforts and the players they got, them is, is is great and that's his reputation around the league that's why the Lions hired him and some of the best players this year have been guys that they brought in I, I think they have a very clear vision for what they want to do as a team and what kind of players fit that vision uh Panay Sewell their, their first round pick this year has been great I think we all kind of expected that but even some like undrafted guys they brought in two guys Jerry Jacobs uh and AJ Parker undrafted cornerbacks cornerback you know, players will tell you cornerback is the most difficult position to play in the NFL as a rookie besides quarterback. 
And these guys come in as undrafted guys and actually had some competency as starters, you know. And I don't know what their futures are, but I, I think it really speaks to Brad Holmes and his eye for what he wants his team to be and how he wants them to play and the players that will fit that vision. Um, it's just the roster is so decimated. They need, you know, probably two more cycles of this to, to rebuild um, uh, toward a championship kind of team uh, or even, you know, competent team. But I think that for me has been the biggest uh, source of optimism that while these days have been very dark and very bad for the Lions, that perhaps we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, and I'll take a – I think Panay Sewell is the biggest – I think I that guy is 21 years old, one of the youngest players in the NFL. I mean, he was 20 when this season started. I think he's on track to be one of, if not one of the best tackles in the NFL. I mean, there are things this kid does in space in the running game. The growth he has shown in pass protection, I mean, that is a bona fide stud. And they are built on that offensive line. Frank Ragnow is locked up for the future. Jonah Jackson is still riding that rookie contract. They've got some questions at the other guard spot. And then there's Taylor Decker that's locked up too. He's proven to be one of the more consistent pass blocking left tackles in the league. You know, it's a it's a problem they're going to have figuring out the tackle positions down the line. But right now it's a really good problem to have. Brad Holmes absolutely hit his first first round pick. And it's just, I, I think Panay Sewell, I mean, that, he's a stud. I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that when you're talking about best offensive lineman in the game, his name's going to be coming up. And he might not even be 23 or 24 years old when we're talking about him that way. Yeah, fantastic. And you guys, it doesn't matter win or lose. You've done an amazing job this year, keeping fans connected to everything that's going on and, uh, you know, sifting through all of our pain and frustration, but, but finding the substance of what's going on. I appreciate it. And we'll see that in Dungeon of Doom, the New Lions podcast. Go to Spotify, Apple, Acast, wherever you get your podcasts uh, starting this week. Uh, good luck today recording your first episode. And Kyle Meinke and Ben Raven, thanks again for coming on to Behind the Headlines and spraying a little whiff of optimism around the room. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, thank you for having us. And there they go. A huge thanks to Kyle and Ben for joining us today. As they said, the Dungeon of Doom is out this week. You can get that as well as this wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like both of them, like, review, and share them. As always, he is John Heiner. I am Eric Hulkerin, and this is Behind the Headlines.